Hello and welcome back to the other 99% podcast where we uh, take a step back from the 1% gains that society has become obsessed with and instead have a look at the other 99%. Um, we are very lucky today. Um, we've got Tom Osman coming back after our successful episode last time. Um, so, hi Tom. Hello, thanks for having me back again. Pleasure. Um, it's been a bit of a mission, this, hasn't it? We've been playing with the technology for quite some time, trying to get a, a video attached to this podcast as well. Um, but you went with, what was it, progress, not perfection. Yeah, well, after the feedback trick it gave us last time, we had to try and do something <laughs> a bit better, didn't we? <laughs> not everyone's going to be happy, but that's all right. Speaking of which, though, um, we have had a lot of progress. We're now being listened to in over 17 countries. Um so that's pretty awesome so shout out to all those far reaching countries people I have no idea who you are but great that you're tuning in great that you're loving the message and it just means that people are passing it on so you know that's that's pretty awesome um, but today's a slightly different one we don't really have a, a set theme or a set goal that we're, we're trying to get out of really it's just sort of um, messages for the beginners I suppose isn't it yeah so like some of the stuff that we spoke about in the lead up to this was going over like five things we wish we knew when we started training um, I can't. What else did we speak about? We've got the biggest mistakes we made. I think that was a fairly, uh, yeah, yeah. fairly long list to to siphon down through. But uh, biggest mistakes, and then what new people uh, or people new to training need to know, as well. Um, so those that are just getting started on on whatever those goals are, the first steps of the journey, and I think that kind of li- links in nicely to what we wish we knew when we kind of kicked yeah. off. <clears throat> so do you want to get started? What did you wish you knew when you started? Um, so yeah, where, where do you begin? I, I think um, I think I was, I was thinking about this earlier. One of the things I was saying, particularly when I started doing the men's physique stuff, is related to nutrition. Because at that time, um, bodybuilding was you have to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli to get in good shape, and you basically had to like you had to sacrifice a lot and stick to that diet, and it was super strict um, and not very enjoyable. So I'd definitely be one of the ones that I'd start with is understanding about flexible dieting now, if it's your macros, all of that kind of stuff. If I knew that back then, um, dieting down for competition would have been a hell of a lot easier than what we went for at that time. Um, but obviously the industry has moved on so much, it's changed a lot since then, and we know a lot more than we did, did back then. I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think the mental health implication of that kind of sacrifice and that kind of diet is actually quite serious, and it can it doesn't make you happy I was um, lucky enough to give a talk recently where we spoke about reasons for food and why we eat in the first place and that touched on um, you know kind of health and physical well-being but also pleasure you know nobody says do you want to go out for dinner let's go somewhere really horrible you know food's meant yeah. to be nice isn't it and if you're having yeah. to sacrifice the thing that you're doing three times a day it's probably five or six times a day actually isn't it when you're preparing for something and you're not enjoying any of it you know that's not a good place to find yourself it's not going to help you stick to it in the long term is it yeah like, like you said like the the social aspect of it is like it's very sacred to golf friends with food eat together when you're doing that kind of diet there's no social aspect to it you you're normally eating at a couple here and on your own and yeah you miss out on all of that kind of stuff yeah and it's that kind of wider benefit of training and having that kind of group around you that support network you've just kind of removed yourself from one of those big social glues haven't you because you're not prepared to to go in and, and buy into that kind of I don't know norm, normal in inverted commas way of life um, yeah yeah and also we know so much more now like you say what works for one person just doesn't work for another 
So that that chicken, rice, and broccoli can be so different for for the person that's eating it. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then th there's still a lot more stuff coming out as well. Like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram earlier in the week that study that looked at um, carbohydrate intake for strength athletes, and th there was no benefit to having carbs. So like a lot of people that have banged on about the um, what's the word paleo diet? No, not paleo diet. What's the no carb diet called? Atkins. Is that not no. the meat only one? Um. Keto, that's, keto that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So people are banging about keto, they're like, yeah, it works for me, it feels amazing. Like, they've actually proven that that some people do better on that kind of diet, uh, but it's not something I could do myself. But, um, yeah, like you said, personal preference and what works for you individually. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Because we spoke before about nutrition and it's one of those things that I've mentioned on this podcast before that everybody's on a diet it's, you know we all have a diet It's the definition is what we or our group habitually eat you know, so when you hear the phrase oh, I'm going on a diet well you're already on one you know, it's just yeah. whether it works for you and whether the balance is correct if, if you're heading one way or another and you don't want to be then probably your nutrition needs a shift as opposed to right that's it I'm ripping up the, the book and I'm going for a new keto diet or I'm going to do Atkins or whatever it is you know they work for some people but they don't work for everyone yeah and it depends on your then, goal as well the um the, and then the second one to me would be like every exercise is just a tool so wh whatever your goal is you can use a variety of tools to do that so like i went through a big phase of the whole time i was at uni i was getting knee pain from squats but i had this mindset of like i believe in this i this is the only way that i'm going to be able to grow my legs is like squatting heavy week in week out even though I was getting all of this knee pain but I, I was just like so heavily married to an exercise um, and I've only changed my mind on this over the last year probably but like there's absolutely no need to you don't have to squat you don't have to deadlift you don't have to do anything everything is just a tool um, and I was definitely so confident on you back then instead of being so like emotionally invested in these exercises they're, they're all just tools to do a job um, and there's plenty of ways that you can do that absolutely and I think there's a flip side to that as well isn't there I, I've seen this in gyms before where it's almost like you know if we keep referring to them as tools it's like okay here's my workout and I've got to use every single tool in this workout and if I don't include 15 different exercises and show people yeah. just how many exercises I know then oh it's not good well you know that's just not that's not correct is it you know I think keep it simple is probably the the main message isn't it yeah 100% um, and yeah like in terms of like exercises in a session you're probably looking at doing five or six well that's uh, going to take you about an hour and then yeah leave the gym and get on the rest of your day yeah exactly and I think it doesn't just apply to the gym either does it you know that's kind of strength training or or people looking to to build muscle but actually I I from personal experience I had a very bad injury a couple of years ago I couldn't run I couldn't ride my bike anymore so I rediscovered swimming you know it just yeah. those are also tools for health and fitness aren't they you know running might not be for you you might not even enjoy it but you might enjoy swimming you might enjoy cycling because you can go a bit further and see a little bit more um it's not so great in the moment in the bad weather but you know there's there's lots of different things that are out there for people so i think probably the message here is not to just get fixed on kind of set ideals or other people's ideals even because that stuff you would have yeah. read about squats that you know that was research based that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right for you but uh, that's a really good point we'll probably come back to that later on when we talk about the beginner stuff but um, yeah in terms of running it's going to have probably higher injuries I, 
the stats on it, but I'm at lower risk. So if you're, oh, I think you've, I thought you froze. Sorry. Um, and like, if you're just trying to get the cardiovascular health benefits of um, training, then yeah, what modality you pick is entirely up to you. Whatever your preferences, you absolutely don't need to run, or you don't have to swim, or you don't have to cycle. As uh, yeah, completely what your preferences. Yeah, for sure. I think you just touched on injury there and I think the thing I wish I knew at the start was I say periodization um what I mean is balance by that you know we were quite young when we got started and we had a lot of access to to sport and and to the gym and to training um and facilities and you know we were very lucky and basically just used and abused the the access and our bodies I think in the process and you know for me, if I could go back, I would do less than I was doing at the start, and I'd certainly do that differently. You know, we we've spoken before about those initial um, gains that that you see, particularly the strength training, as of a, uh, opposed to cardiovascular work. Like it's just neuromuscular, isn't it? It's not necessarily strength, but I think we kidded ourselves, or I certainly kidded myself, that what I was doing was the greatest thing ever, and I'd unlock the secret, and I was just going to keep going down that path and keep going and keep going, and actually. Um, you know it, it didn't have long-term benefits and it took a long time to kind of undo not damage but sort of driving down the wrong track and you just have to turn back and, and get the right exit really I think um, so for me it's definitely the balance um, that I would change looking back yeah when you look at like the Bollywood <laughs> chest we did we probably all had a shoulder impingement at one point <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> but then like linked to that idea of what I say is like from um, from the start like taking a long term view instead of short term like you when you start your exercise like you're you're doing that for life so like like you said like oh we have to get those really quick gains go as hard as we can in the gym every day um, taking taking a step back a longer term view I'm going to be doing this for a very long time and it's about progressing over a long time not a really short time and I, I think that's a useful mindset to have from the start yeah and that was actually my my second one um, that I was going to touch on was that nobody cares so, but I mean that in a really positive way. So when people say nobody cares, they think, oh, they, you know, that's really sad. They're not interested in what I'm doing. And it's not that, but if you're gonna be doing an activity for a long period of time, whether that's, you know, let's take running, nobody cares if you run a marathon. You know, you don't have to, to race to get to that kind of milestone really quickly and risk injuring yourself. You want to be running for the rest of your life. You know, take it slowly because you've, you've got ages and even yeah. if you don't want to run a marathon, but let's say you do, you know, it doesn't matter whether you do that in a year or five years or 10 years, that's like, absolutely fine. The same with PRs in the gym, you know, record lifts. It's great if that's what you're into, it's absolutely brilliant. But there's no need to kind of risk form or risk injury, you know, just for a PB that, you know, you're not, it's not a competition, um, it, it's yeah. just for you. Um, so I think that's quite important as well, just remembering that it's just so individualized. Yeah, and this might go on a bit of a tangent, but like understanding that adaptation takes a very long time. Uh, again, this is something I've changed my mind on over the last couple of months. But um, progressive overload is seen as this thing of like you have to like train harder and harder every week to kind of force the adaptation. But that's not actually how it works at all. Um, if you're what you're effectively doing there is training harder each week, so your exertion is higher. But as as you adapt the weight should be the same relative intensity, but it's just more, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, say I do 10 reps at 100 kilograms on a squat one week, 
and it's about an RPE 8, 8 out of 10 difficulty. Then I come in next week with progressive overload in my head, oh, I need to go higher to force this adaptation. I'm actually just training harder there. And if you haven't been able to increase the weight at the same relative intensity, then that's an indication that your training program's not working because it hasn't induced an adaptation. So when you look at it from that point of view, you go into the gym, keep your internal load the same. So I'm going to train at this eight out of 10. And over time, the weight should go up, but I don't have to try and force it every single session because adaptation does take a very long time. You're not going to PB every time you go in the gym, particularly as you get more advanced. So again, like looking at looking at it with that lens on instead of, oh, I have to try and force this adaptation. And that's, that's just not how it works. So if we're thinking as well outside the gym, if we're going with running, what you're saying is this this rate of perceived exertion. Um, so running is a great example because you, you know what it's like. Like people brand new to running, they'll go out and they'll PB, 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 PB. They're not getting fitter. Their their perception of effort is changing. Yeah. So they can push themselves harder. Yeah. Um, but again, and like you said, like the risk of injury from just pushing harder and harder every time, and they yeah, take a step back. Adaptation takes a long time. So you might look at using something like a heart rate monitor, and then that will indicate, you know, like trainings and all that kind of stuff. But um, running's a great example was people just PB session after session after session, but they're just pissing themselves harder. Yeah, but actually, if they maintain that same effort over time, your body will adapt and you'll run faster for the same effort that you're putting in at the start. Whereas if you're yeah. running faster, you're actually just putting in more effort, and then it's a very different focus of session, isn't it? It's not what you set out to do in the first yeah. place. So it's quite nuanced, but actually, when you break it down, it can be it can be quite simple. Yeah. No, yeah, I like so that. that. Yeah, running. You wanna, um, yeah, like you said, like start slowly, build up slowly. I always hated running, so I like it's so difficult. But actually, if you just try and run easy, don't push yourself hard. Um, but again, like with running, that's super hard to do because everyone likes to like kind of feel good and run at like kind of threshold pace. Yeah. So coming below that is a, is a difficult thing to do. And also, I think that it's it's almost a cultural thing, isn't it? If someone walks in and said, oh, "I went for a run this morning." I certainly noticed this in myself. My first question now would be, "Oh, where did you go?" But it certainly used to be, "What was your speed?" You know, like how quick did you yeah, run? Yeah. And if someone says something that they don't deem satisfactory, or I don't deem satisfactory for whatever reason, you know, I'm not entitled to have an opinion on somebody else's run. Um, yeah. You know, it's really strange, isn't it? Because we feel kind of, you know, Strava. It's all out there to see. We don't want to put a run out there that you know people might think it's a little bit slower you know. that's another really interesting one is like the tracking because obviously it's got so much better yeah like it's great in a way because you can see your pace while you're running it can help you pace but also like i know when i was doing a lot of running and i had my garment on i try and beat my previous time every single yeah. session and you, like you said you know it's going on a strava you know people are going to see it and you want to keep on pbing um so like the pros and cons of that is um is an interesting one i think that's a real age related thing as well i went out for um a club ride with my cycle club um it's probably just for christmas now and the the woman who was leading it she was an incredible um athlete and we stopped at a turning and i said oh you know how, how far have we got left and she said i don't know i said what do you mean she said, oh, I don't record anything. And she just had yeah. a little Casio on her, on her wrist, and that was it. She said, oh, I don't yeah. believe in any of that. I mean, she beat me up every single hill. It wasn't even close. Um, and there I was, you know, with my training zones and my, my power outputs or yeah. whatever, and she, she just wasn't bothered, you know. So 
it, it helps but it's not the be all and end all and you can you can work without these things and if that's what you've always done then you know why change it yeah yeah Vicky Holland the um, the tri- she does triathlon yeah. and throws at the uni so I see her now and again we were chatting about this and she just wears a Casio yeah. goes out and does a 40-50 minutes easy whatever it is and doesn't look at pace or yeah, it just, just runs easy I think psychologically that makes it so much more relaxed doesn't it because you're not yeah oh my easy run last time was actually a little bit quicker than this one am I losing fitness am I getting fitter no that's not what that session's about you know it's just yeah. about being able to run for maybe it's just 10 minutes you know it doesn't matter um, if it you know you just get started and you want to run for two minutes on and then walk for a minute um, you can do that with a little stopwatch you don't need um, you know fancy tech I remember my dad talking me through an interval session once and he said he used to just do it from lampposts and that yeah. changed street by street you just go hard from one lamppost to the next and then easy and then if one street yeah. didn't have any well he was either going really hard for the whole length or really easy you know um, it was much more random obviously the higher up you go you need to be a lot more tailored and specific with that but you know this is for the other 99% isn't it they're just getting started yeah. all these are things are just I guess options for that yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Tata was to do at school yeah, you know, he's part of the exercises to bang on about. He was like, yeah, just sprint or walk or jog between lampposts and, um, yeah, just go and do half an hour or whatever. Fantastic. He's getting a shout-out. He'll love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if we move on to the biggest mistakes, I think the things we wish we'd known, it's it's kind of linked into to our biggest mistakes, isn't it? What, what would be your biggest? So, obviously, again, like, the information that's out there now is so much more easily accessible but obviously when we started we were doing the typical bro splits you know <laughs> chest Mondays all that kind of stuff yeah. um, all of the research out there now on training frequency we, we know that having a frequency of at least two times per week per muscle group or movement patterns can be much more beneficial than just once per week um, so I'd have to chuck that in there as one of our one of our mistakes Um yeah, if you got, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was very much in that camp, um, right alongside you, waving the flag there. Um, I, again, I just think it links to that balance, doesn't it? And 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 getting those splits correct. But actually, um, I think my biggest mistake came in my early twenties with just overtraining, um, just doing way too much volume, and and kind of not not realizing what rest actually meant um you know training really hard for something um this was cycling for me and then recovery would be an easy cycle and that's fine but you you kind of end up going days and days and days and weeks without actually having a full-blown rest and i think you know i wasn't working in a training in a professional environment so my rest time i was actually working 15 hours a day or whatever it was you know it's boarding school so that's not actually recovery at all um so for me i think and for a lot of people listening to this it's actually balancing their training with their lifestyle and if you have an active job you've got you've got to factor that into your training because if you're going to go and walk 20,000 steps or 15,000 steps and maybe work in a manual job you know bricklaying or, or something like that you know that's stress on your body just because it's not in a training session doesn't mean it's not stress or tiring you know are you even yeah. sleeping a full night if you've got a new kid and you're up every I don't, I don't know I don't have a child <laughs> like every hour every two hours it, 
it does have an impact on yeah. that and you you have to kind of adapt your trainings and I just I didn't do that um, and it was it resulted in that injury so I think yeah for yeah. sure the balance stuff those kind of typical bro splits which I think probably exist a lot um, still um, I mean bro, particularly men isn't it just to, to stereotype that um, but also kind of just balancing life and training yeah, yeah, the key message there is all stress is stress. Um, like, that makes me think of that time we used to build marquees over the summer and we'd work, I don't know, whatever, at, like, we used to start at 7.30 in the morning and finish at, like, 11, 12 o'clock at night and then we'd go and train at that 24-hour gym. And, like, yeah, like looking at that now, you're like, that is just stupid because you're going to get nothing out of that session. You're, you're going to cut into your sleep, which is probably more important. Um, but, yeah, at the time, it was just, we had to go to the gym every day and, yeah yeah and just kind of not prepared to make a sacrifice you know work versus training and at the time it was um yeah it, it work was the dominant force wasn't it but you know still training i can't i don't think i've seen past midnight in like a year let alone gone to the gym past midnight yeah. <laughs> i think that's that was stupid we started pre-workout about 11 o'clock at night good. yeah still sleep like a baby <laughs> ridiculous but that's actually interesting when you say pre-workout because I think my my other biggest mistake has been supplementation you know supplements are that they supplement your diet and your training and your, your nutrition patterns and yeah. when I first started um, oh we've just lost Tommy there but we'll hopefully get him back okay we're back um, the call just dropped out there so that's the, the joys of um modern day communication isn't it it doesn't always work the way you want it to um, but we'll just pick up I was saying that um, one of my mistakes was the supplementation uh, and kind of getting started and, and not using it sort of correctly and I think I, I wanted to buy and use everything that I saw on any single advert or any bodybuilder I'd ever used in the past I thought oh that's a great idea creatine protein you know beta alanine pre-workouts all that kind of stuff and it's really expensive and actually to be honest most of the time if you're eating correctly and sleeping correctly are really unnecessary as well i mean you you kind of work with um the elite athletes i, I don't know if you have a, a kind of view on it from from that perspective yeah so we, we use a couple but um obviously we stick to the the evidence-based stuff and it's all informed in sport um, so, like, really, when you're looking at um, strength and power anyway, there's very few supplements that actually do anything. It's so, like creatine is a very heavily researched one that pro probably is definitely worth the investment. But even in that, you'll get some non-responders. Um, but yeah, like you said, like again, like going back to the mistakes we made. I can remember me and Tricky taking like test briefs when we were 16. Like, it was so yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, this is not an advert and, and yeah, for taking we, we those. Took, <laughs> like, if we thought a supplement was going to give us like any chance of getting bigger, we were straight on it. Um, but yeah, like, and looking at that now, you'd probably say that that would have done absolutely nothing to benefit us. Um, but yeah, at that time, it's just trying to trying to do what you can to get get a bit bigger. I would have to say though that I'm I'm fairly unresearched in in terms of you know that's sort of sports and kind of that youth attitude to to supplements you look at your proteins your creatines your beta alanines all that that kind of stuff but 
most people who are listening to this, we're looking at a, a slightly older population, those that have full-time jobs, perhaps have kids. I think there's a very different market, isn't there? And you know, the the billion, multi-billion dollar um, dollars, pounds, we're in England, don't we? Um, market is probably that weight loss supplement, um, this kind of silver bullet, magic pill that's just gonna fix in inverted commas everything and you know if any of these things actually worked gyms would go out of business wouldn't they let's be honest because no one would go to the gym as opposed to just having the, the little vitamin pill in the morning so you know that's been a, a bit of an eye-opener for me as well that there's a lot out there and there's a lot of kind of pseudoscience um, stuff that really pushes and the, the advertising is very very clever I think of how they they get you to want to buy into this this journey or um, pathway with these different supplements that can kind of help you um, shift that last little bit of weight or, or or that sort of thing. And I think, you know, in my opinion, I don't think there's any out there that truly work. No, I think the only one that has got evidence behind it is caffeine. But again, again like everyone has caffeine, don't they? Um, and then I'm not actually up to speed with this. I know there's some stuff whether I'm social media about this like um, like new drug they've developed to help to help fat loss I've, I've, but yeah I, I can't really comment on that I don't know if you saw that I actually haven't seen that and again you know if it's not <clears throat> super widespread and hitting the news and hitting these sort of fitness circles it's, it's probably not the next big thing is it um, you know because well, I think I think um, so it'll be able to be prescribed by GPs I think okay so it's um, not an off the shelf it, number yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm not up to date with what, what that is or what it does. Yeah, so I mean, slight, slightly off tangent there, but we are kind of in agreement that, you know, when you're first starting out, when you're getting into exercise, when you're looking to support your immune function and your uh, metabolism, that actually food is the way to go, isn't it? Fueling properly. Um, yeah. I like the analogy of a car. You know, you don't put diesel in a petrol car. Uh, and if you do it doesn't work very well um, you also need to put petrol in the petrol car you've got to eat enough to actually fuel what you want to do um, yeah. and I think James Smith the you know very famous PT he has quite a nice take on this and his sort of um, message around nutrition and fat loss and kind of happier ways to do it instead of taking away all the nice things like we said earlier and, and removing that kind of pleasure yeah, and the other thing that he's been brilliant for is um, getting rid of this image of all fitness professionals being like shredded six pack all year round because like, it's not worth like what you sacrifice to do that is probably not worth it, and he's promoted that message really well. Yeah, and I think the more people that do that, the better, because um, to be fit and healthy and have a you know a happy, long sort of functioning life physically, you don't need a six pack. You know, it doesn't help you. Um, it might look yeah. good on the beach or, or something like that, but you know, it, ju it just isn't necessarily um, important, like you say. Um, that would probably be again if we went back to where we started, like having more of a performance-focused mentality instead of everything being about aesthetics. Yeah. Um, again, like from the outside, that would probably be a healthier mindset to have instead of everything's about trying to get leaner and bigger. Even, even though, and like that's still what I train now. That's still my goal of training but trying to do that with performance goals helps you stay more consistent. Yeah, I think that what you say about aesthetics as well and the the growth of social media in the last 10 or 15 years, I think it's just had such a, 
I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to say an unhealthy impact on this, um, particularly on young people. If you look at every image that you see on Instagram, I would I would hazard a guess that 90% of them are edited in some way, even if that's just like one of the pre-prescribed filters. You know what you're looking at isn't real, and I think that can kind of develop these unhealthy comparisons oh that person looks like this you know yeah. they're also doing my job and they have a child but they've managed to do this or that and you know i just think it can cause such problems to to have that comparison when it's not even true you know yeah and the issue of it is is like years ago before the whole social media thing like if you worked out and you're in good shape like within your group of people you would um like you would be in good shape compared to them yep. so when you go on social media and you compare yourself to everyone in the whole world there's always someone more or bigger or whatever um, so you're never going to be happy when you do that yeah exactly and I think that just reinforces the message that it's your journey isn't it it actually doesn't matter to you to me or to anybody listening to this what anybody else looks like it's just not important yeah. um, it's all about your journey and how you kind of stay on track um with that basically because as soon as you start getting distracted by all these things you see on the internet it, it takes you away from from perhaps why you actually started you know I've spoken before about goal setting and and sort of north star goals and for some people that north star goal is well I want to live longer because I want to see my grandkids grow up or I want yeah. to get a little bit fitter so I can run around and play sport with my kids because they love doing it and you know I want to be a part of that with them and what somebody else puts on the internet doesn't matter and that that Ross Barkley 5k thing that um, I think it was over lockdown that that became a thing where I think he'd done an interval session and he posted it yeah. on on Strava and he'd done it in some crazy quick time but when you looked at the overall time of the session it was, it was about four times longer and then that led to a kind of craze and some people did it a bit tongue in cheek but I think there was an element of kind of pressure to run this quickest 5k that you could but you'd sprint 100 meters pause you watch recover yeah. and then sprint another 100 meters and just go and go and go until you reach 5k and it, you know you can look up the ross barkley 5k and it is quite amusing and i think he kind of got that attached to his name by mistake but you know people were just following this as if you know it, it actually mattered how quickly you ran a 5k you know it's, it's not about yeah. that um, yeah, 100% agree with that. And I think that, that ties in really nicely as well as what we were saying about what people who are new to training need to know. So what would be a couple of things that, I mean, you're you know, obviously very um, gym strength performance focused. So if we're talking athletics based or in, in the gym, what do you think people need to know when they get started? So again, one more thing, if I could go back. Yeah, sure. Like this idea that, this idea that cardio is going to kill all of your gains like, obviously we know that's nonsense like going for a run or a cycle a couple of times two three times a week for half an hour is going to do basically nothing to interfere with you gaining strength from muscle mass um, and obviously all of the health benefits associated with it so that, that's something I'd definitely tell people new to training is you need to do cardiovascular exercise and you need to do some strength training as well or resistance training um, because there's benefits to both regardless of what your goal is that's that's what everyone should be doing yeah actually just from a, a basic health perspective isn't there because if you're training in the gym and you look at a lot of kind of powerlifting or bodybuilding stuff and actually you're not you're not training with a high enough heart rate for an extended period of time 
to get those other health benefits you know there are benefits yeah. to strength training of course and I think that everybody should do that the whole way through their life there's a lot of um, research into kind of um, the improvements of balance in, in old age people and how it can um, reduce the risk of falls and things like that just having that that strength and that kind of neuro connection I suppose but actually if you want to be healthy um, to use that horrible general term you, you need yeah. that, that cardio bit in there as well yeah it's yeah, so like you said like the pre- prevention of falls is associated with loss of uh, muscle mass and function yeah. uh, so the, that's what the strength training does it um, either stops you losing muscle mass and strength as you get older or improves it uh, so yeah, like you said, like everyone should do that regardless of what your goal is. And when we say strength training, we don't necessarily mean going to the gym here, do we? You know, I think the one thing we've all got access to is gravity, isn't it? You know, we can all do yeah. body weight, simple exercises that can keep us kind of moving better for longer, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So like obviously, depending on what your goal is, if, if it's just mobility, you want to be able to get up out of your chair. Uh, obviously you're moving your own body weight there so that's all the resistance you're trying to move um, and then obviously if you're looking to build more strength beyond that for other reasons and you, you probably would have to go to the gym yeah of course but just for the kind of general um, yeah. lifestyle stuff um, you know there's a lot of benefits to be had from that and I think lockdown kind of showed us that a lot of people don't necessarily need the gym for their goals um, they were going to the gym to do the same thing they were doing in their living room um, or yeah. you know, core circuit circuits, so, <laughs> circuits and workouts combined. There. Um, Actually, just, just on the topic of lockdown, one thing that was grateful for me was I was always I had this fear that if I didn't go to the gym for whatever reason, I was going to lose all of my progress that I made up until that point. Which you know, when you like when you even despite my education or whatever, like that viewpoint is absurd. Um, you can pretty much go for four weeks about lifting a weight and you're going to maintain your strength pretty much then it might start to decrease a little bit after that um, but realising that you know it's actually a lot easier to maintain than it is to develop so you can do that for one or two sessions a week and you don't have to worry about losing anything um, so that was just one thing that lockdown was good for, for me I, I, I no longer worry if I'd miss a session or whatever else like nothing bad is going to happen yeah. uh, so yeah, lockdown was great for me from that point of view so, and there's a distinction to be made there isn't there that you use another wonderfully generic term about muscle memory if you've only been training for a month and then you take a month off you probably are going to see that regression aren't you but because you have a longer training history um, it's the same with running isn't it if you've been running or cycling or swimming for your whole life um, you'll probably find that um, you can get back into it quicker from your stop point as opposed to if you've just got into something and then you don't do it for a few months you, you probably will find it quite difficult again that kind of first run back um, will be a little bit harder yeah. if you're not a runner for your whole life yeah yeah so get, going back to when we first started that was one of the things we did really well is we were super consistent and I think that consistency was kind of born out of the, the group that we had around us as well um, I don't think any individual one of us on our own would have been that consistent and that's the message I, I really try and get across in this podcast is that you need other people around you to help you stick to your goals um, it's not it's not just about necessarily going with somebody but actually just having someone to talk to about it or say how's your session how's your run how's your swim that kind of stuff it can just have such a positive sort of reinforcing impact that 
I, I view it like a bit of a reward as well as as well as a support network when you get to talk about it and and hear other people's successes as well. I I really enjoy that. Yeah, and that that was one of the things that we spoke about previously was um, like intrinsic motivation. Part of that is um, being connected to other around, others around you doing a similar thing, and that's gonna that's gonna help you stay intrinsically motivated. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> so, go on to the new people. What people new to exercise? Yeah, I keep yeah. calling them new people. They're not yeah. new people. <laughs> um, what what would be your your kind of golden rules? Um, so that that one we just kind of touched on briefly is I'd I'd do at least two cardio sessions per week, two resistance training sessions per week. Um, but within those cardio sessions, just start super easy. And like, this is coming from a guy that I didn't start. I don't think I did a five k until I was twenty six. You know, I always labelled myself as oh, I'm not a runner. I'm too heavy to run. All that kind of stuff. And um, like whatever self limiting beliefs you have. They're, like they are self-imposed like they're not there you can do whatever you set your mind to um, so like labelling yourself as not a runner or not being able to do endurance training or any of that kind of stuff um, the key is just starting super easy and building up gradually yeah I like that um, I like that a lot I've actually got written down here the importance of rest and recovery um, and how that kind of links in and you need to you need to recover as hard as you train you know, you you can't just go out there time and time again. We spoke about intensity earlier. You can't just give a hundred percent every single time and expect to just see benefit. You do need to recover, and that comes from the food, the the hydration, the sleep. Um, I think we've got a whole other episode just on sleep um, at some yeah. point because it it just has such a a huge impact. And then I've I've got quality over quantity. You know, it's not necessarily a a brag to say. I went for a, a three-hour run, or I went to the gym for two and a half hours. You know, you you can actually achieve yeah. lots of different things in in a much shorter time period than that. And a lot of people are trying to balance lives and work and all of that around health and fitness. So I think quality over quantity for me is another really important one. Yeah, one hundred percent. And without getting into the whole like volume versus intensity debate. Um, like generally my bias is people don't train very hard and like you said if you are limited on time go and do some nice short sharp sessions and you are going to get a benefit from that and you'll probably get more benefit than just going in there and doing something half-hearted for, for a really long time yeah I think Joe Wicks has kind of made his money commercialising that very message hasn't he um, just taking a really simple message of you know high intensity training and largely body weight for him, um, as far as I'm aware, and and actually you can get loads of benefit from that. Yeah, I was I was um, reading about you know the company Nautilus. Yeah, yeah. They make all those machines. I can't remember the name of the founder, um, but that was what he based his whole business model on. Was those machines were designed to do one hard set <laughs> to failure and to make it super accessible to the general general population, so they can come in do half an hour session one hard set to failure on each machine and then go and get on the session their day and get a lot of benefit from that and I think that's an amazing message I'd love to bring that back into um, into this era where that's kind of gone away from what most people would tell you to do now in the gym but I, I think that's a really good way to train for people completely new to new to resistance training just 
back to basics isn't it everything we keep saying is just like keep it keep it super simple there's there's no need yeah. to overcomplicate this because in its simplest form strength training cardiovascular training like it is simple it doesn't need yeah. to be complex but we we make it complex by kind of listening to too many different messages or trying to accomplish too much in a short space of time but actually just you know take a step back and, and just take it easy yeah yeah we don't need to kill ourselves in um, session <laughs> yeah and look leading on from that is um, and again I've changed my mind on this in like the last year probably but people completely new to training me a year ago would have said oh you need to go and learn to squat bench and deadlift now that is the last thing I would tell any person new to training to do um, I'd tell them just to go and get on a machine because you're not going to mess it up it might be a bit different if you've got someone coaching you but we're just trying to um get you into the gym and start building some strength and that doesn't have to be in a squat or it doesn't have to be in a deadlift you can go and sit on the leg press and you can sit on the chest press you can, you can do the machine shoulder press like do all of those movements start to get better at them start building some strength and then if you want to do free weights then you might might look at doing that after a few months but the last thing I'd tell you to do is go and try and put a bar on your back and do a squat because I guarantee that they're going to mess it up yeah and I've actually got written down as well it's kind of um basic gym rules because I think uh, you know I chatted to a few people ahead of our, our chat this evening about what they would want to know um, you know because it, it's not just about our experiences we're trying to draw on, on lots of other people and um, one of the responses was about um, kind of confidence in the gym and how do you grow a bit of confidence and yeah. I think that gyms in general um, can be quite intimidating places I think particularly yeah. for, again, I'm stereotyping, forgive me if, if I am wrong, but particularly for, for women maybe in free weight sections, they tend to be um, on the whole very male dominated environments. And I think that's something that, that is changing. And I think that's great that it's changing and really important that it's changing, but actually to grow confidence, day one, you don't need to walk in into that and, and try and use free weights when, when you don't know exactly what you're doing, etc. And this you know goes for anybody starting using those machines building a little bit of strength understanding how your body works you know feeling a little bit better about yourself and then step into that new environment um, that's going to yeah. challenge you differently and challenge you again you don't have to try and you know Rome wasn't built in a day you don't have to do it all at once yeah and just on the just on the confidence it's one of my favourite bits of psychology research ever um, but the spotlight effect is where we tend to think that everyone notices us yeah because we focus our attention internally and then assume that other people do the same thing. But the reality is that they're focused on themselves. So, um, like, and this research was done years ago at a university, they got people to wear different t-shirts with like Hitler on them or characters like that. And then they asked, they asked at the end of the day, how many people noticed them wearing a Hitler t-shirt? And they got it like really, really wrong. They thought every single person noticed them, but the reality was hardly anyone did. So like people that are worried about you know feeling self-conscious or not confident in the gym firstly you're probably not going to get noticed anywhere nearly as much as you think which i think is really liberating and then like you said build some confidence in the really simple movements without trying to take on take on a back squat or a deadlift or any of that type of stuff um because for most people that's not their goal anyway they don't care how much they can squat they don't care how much they can deadlift they just want to look a bit better be healthier like any of that type of stuff so you, 
Devin just told us what we said at the start of the, start of the podcast you don't have to do any of that if you don't want to the only reason you have to do a back squat is if you want to get better at a back squat which most people aren't that busted up yeah for sure and I think that that links really nicely and that's where I think um, park run uh, and that kind of stuff has had a real impact in the kind of um, the cardiovascular kind of health world I suppose is that they've made it sort of their message is that it's it's great for everyone to be involved that it's super accessible and there's no super inclusive yeah, yeah we, we've all um, you know anyone with the ability to run or um, just move forwards basically should you know should be going to these things and should be part of that community and then you get the other social benefits that we spoke about earlier it's not just the physical it's also being part of that kind of community and being part of that team and seeing the same faces and saying hi to a few people and, and just being part of that that kind of journey I think yeah the part has been brilliant that's what got my dad into running I think he started I don't even know I want to say it was maybe 60 when he started running um, but yeah part of has been really really good for that yeah and you know you can you can wherever you are in the country you can probably find a park run um, yeah. you know I there were, I used to live in Brighton and there were sort of three or four in Brighton so it's not even the case that you have to run the same course every single week you know you can go somewhere different and still get that kind of that buzz and that excitement and that experience of, of running amongst other people and, and in a new place as well in that kind of pressure free inclusive environment so I think for people that are beginning exercise whatever it is I think my message would be don't be nervous okay I, yeah. I understand why you would be but actually the fitness community in general um, is a really helpful one and I think that as you build that kind of community around you it's going to get easier and easier and then all of a sudden you're that person who's helping out somebody who's new you're the one who's getting them to join um, you on your little exercise or just a phone call every week and, and that can help you kind of develop yourself further as well because you know it's, it's rewarding giving back isn't it it is nice to do that yeah, as much as I hate to say it, that's what CrossFit did really well was the community community aspect of it. They nailed, um, which was great to getting getting people into training. Yeah, and actually, most people won't won't charge you as much money as they do to be part of it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm bad mouthing CrossFit. I never bad mouth exercise on this podcast. It's all about um, everybody's choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, Look, Tommy, thank you so much for um, coming on this evening and giving up your time to, to chat to us. It's, it's hugely beneficial and you know, we got a really good response from, from last episode we did together. So fingers crossed we get um, another good boost from this. But you know, if you've liked what you've heard this evening, then you can check out um, my Twitter handle or my Instagram at the other 99%. Um, or Tommy, you've got your own socials as well, haven't you? Yeah, so uh, I'm basically just on Instagram at the moment, but it's coach underscore Tom underscore Osmond, um, and then I'm trying to start being more active on Facebook, but there's nothing on there yet, but <laughs> hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Brilliant, so eyes, eyes peeled on Facebook for that to come out. Tommy, thanks again, um, really enjoyed having you on, and we look forward to seeing you guys all next time.